Hey there, welcome to Hangry Thoughts, the podcast where we dish out on the best bites on intuitive eating, nurture a healthy relationship with food, and of course, bust some nutrition myths, because fork diet culture. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, non-diet intuitive eating dietitian and an ADHD girly, here to guide you through a joyful journey towards feeling amazing in your own skin and enjoying all foods. Join me as we navigate the world of food with a fresh perspective where guilt-free nourishment and mindful eating take center stage. Together, we'll tackle the myths that may leave you feeling a little hangry or hungry for the real facts. So grab your fork, your favorite snack, and let's dive into the Hangry Thoughts podcast because it is time to embrace a vibrant, satisfying, and empowered approach to food and wellness. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I wanted to do something a little different with today's episode and I wanted to answer a common question that I get with clients. That being, how do you handle the treat yourself mentality when it comes to intuitive eating? So treating yourselves is great. Food certainly can be a part of this. However, sometimes we find that when we're still trapped in that diet mentality, this treat yourself is what happens after a period of restriction and it may lead to a binge. So what we're going to talk about today is kind of these differences between if we're feeling safe around food or what we can do if we have any anxiety or fear surrounding an impending binge. Intuitive eating is all about eating in a way that feels good and right for you. It's listening to our body. It's listening to our different hunger cues, fullness cues, the things that are going around going on around us. And it is helping us to just one be more connected with ourselves, be more present, but it's ditching the diet mentality. So, if we feel like eating say a cookie, candy, uh chips, whatever it may be, we can eat that thing. We're not we're not hosting any restriction, any boundaries around that food. There's no shame, no calorie counting, and no subsequent deprivation or extra exercise that's necessary when we're intuitively eating. So that is one major way that it differences from a diet. But I will say the third principle of the 10 principles that exist with intuitive eating is make peace with food. So we're calling a truce and we're stopping the food fight, as Evelyn Triboli, the founder of intuitive eating, calls it. We are giving ourselves this unconditional permission to eat. So if we are telling ourselves that we can't or we shouldn't have a particular food, it oftentimes leads to intense feelings of deprivation that can then build into these uncontrollable cravings and often binge eating. This is something that I know I personally struggled with when I was struggling with binge eating, where I might go long periods of time without eating and then having these cravings come up throughout the day until at some point these cravings just became too overwhelming and feeling like they were in my face where I was like, I can't ignore this anymore. I have to eat this food. I gotta have it and leading to that binge. So when we finally give in to that forbidden food, we're experiencing eating with just this intensity that usually feels like this last supper mentality of like, 
well, fuck, like this is my last time that I'm going to allow myself to have this food. So I might as well just go balls to the wall, eat everything that I possibly can, or just do what I can in this moment to try and enjoy this food or again, last supper, right? And then we feel that overwhelming guilt. However, when we are giving ourselves unconditional permission to eat all foods, treats, off-limit foods, bad foods, they're now seen less of as treats and more of just another food that helps us feel good or helps satisfy cravings, hunger, or something else that might be going on. Some people, and what I encourage a lot of my clients to do, is instead of calling them treats, bad foods, guilty foods, guilty pleasures, calling them maybe enjoyable foods, right? We know that there's foods that are more nutrient dense than others, but there's also foods that are more enjoyable than others. And that's okay. We can have all of these in our diet. They all help satisfy different things for us. If we have a food that makes us feel more energetic, that kind of sits in our stomach better, um, doesn't give us like acid reflux, then maybe that is a food that we use some of the time. And then there's other foods that we're like, wow, this food tastes really damn good and I'm really freaking enjoying it. Maybe there's foods that are part of traditions, cultures, comfort, celebrations, and it's okay to include those in our diet. When we instead take the morality out of food, labeling it good or bad, and we're just labeling food as food, as it is, as it tastes, smells, the textures of it, whatever it may be, food is slowly becoming just food. No more good or bad, no more harnessing shame, it just is. When we keep enjoyable foods in the house, this can also help level the playing field when it comes to treats or enjoyable foods and lessen their cravings or luster. When we give ourselves that unconditional permission to eat all foods, we might also find that that need to treat yourself changes. We can also think about the different ways that we treat ourselves that maybe don't revolve around food. Food is great, and sometimes we that's what we want. That is like the treat yourself that we want. But other times, maybe there's something else that's going on. Maybe you're reaching for that food, and that isn't necessarily feeling good for us in that moment. If you notice that you're feeling anxious about a binge or worrying that that might happen, there may be another need that's looking to be met. Maybe there's an uncomfortable emotion, situation, memory, thought, or maybe it is hunger. So what I encourage my clients to do and what I practice with them is this thing called the pause skill. It's a very short skill. It takes a maximum of five minutes. Of course, we can do it longer if we like, but I always urge my clients to just start with five minutes and see how that feels. The idea of this exercise is to help with a little bit more mindfulness, kind of centering ourselves, feeling a little bit more grounded, but really just to help create space between that uncomfortable emotion and reaching for food. So let's use a little example. Let's say I come home from a long day of work or school and I'm just stressed as fuck. So I'm sitting down on my couch, I'm turning on the TV and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot think. I am so riled up from the day. I need need something. And I start going to the pantry. 
and I start eating some type of food. And during that, I kind of realize this isn't feeling good. This isn't helping to resolve or fix any of these emotions. And that's what I'm feeling like I'm looking for right now. And this food isn't satisfying that. So in that moment, maybe out loud or in our head, we say pause. We take a step back. We put that food away. If we're feeling triggered and we're in the kitchen, we remove ourselves from the kitchen. If we're in our living room and that's where we're feeling triggered, we take ourselves out of our living room. Again, helping to physically create that space. Once we find a spot that we're feeling safer in, feeling less triggered in, we go, all right, five minutes. Five minutes to do something to distract myself, take my mind off things, be occupied. Something where I am not utilizing food to help solve this emotion. So for me, some things that I would use to help distract myself would maybe be listening to like my favorite songs, watching some music videos on YouTube, listening to a podcast. Maybe it's reading a book, but sometimes like for me, that wouldn't really help like the anxiety piece. So maybe I put on like a comfort TV show, call a friend to talk, vent, ask about their day, take your mind off of it, uh, cuddle or play with your pet, your cat, your dog. Um, Maybe we go outside and just sit outside if the weather's nice, or maybe we have some fidget toys, we play the video game, really anything. The options are endless. You do not have to choose anything that I just listed. But maybe that helps get some of those wheels turning, or maybe there is one in there that resonates with you. After those five minutes, we kind of come back and we go, okay, I spent these five minutes doing something else, what am I feeling right now? What am I noticing? Now, the thing with the pause skill is that we are not saying no to eating food. We're just creating space. So if at the end of those five minutes, you realize, oh man, I still really want that food, you can have it. Again, unconditional permission to eat. Making peace with food. If we were to tell ourselves at the end of those five minutes, no. I really want that food, but I still cannot have it. I'm not allowed. I shouldn't do that. It's bad. That is going to further those uncomfortable feelings and further that drive to, I got to have this food. I need it now. So at the end of this pause skill, and maybe not the first time you do it, typically with these things, it takes a couple tries because it's something new. We're getting used to it. We're finding what works for us. We start to go, yeah, you know, like food is really what's sounding good to me in this moment. I'm going to go have some. Hopefully we're feeling a little bit more present with it rather than like it's all feeling like a blur, which is typically how binges can feel. So if that is something that resonates with you, I want to encourage you to use it. Um, If you look up pause eating binge skill, and I'll also link it in the show notes, there's a little script that you can follow that can be really helpful, especially in those times where it's like, I can't really think, I can't really process things. I just kind of need something to follow along. So I'll link that below. The other thing with this is we're still following that treat yourself mentality, right? We're not saying that we can't do it. It's still there. Everything's game, just creating some space. So I hope that that helps give another perspective. 
I hope that helps answer some of that question of how we handle that treat yourself mentality, how it comes up with intuitive eating. Remember, intuitive eating, it's not this quick fix. It's not this quick results type thing like diets are. Rather, it is this mindset shift. It's a different type of practice. It's listening to our body. And in the long run, there's a lot of things within intuitive eating that we start to notice about ourselves, the way that we view food, 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 our body, our health, our, our mental health, physical health, social health, environmental health. And we start to kind of notice, okay, food really can and really is just food. It doesn't have to be deeper than that. It doesn't have to be me going off my diet failing my diet, being bad because I ate something that was off limits. It can just be I ate some chocolate because that's what sounded good to me in that moment or that was what was available to me. Intuitive eating is something that we're continuously practicing. It is not perfect. We are not perfect. And that is also okay. There are going to be times where we do something where it's like, maybe that didn't feel so great. But the beautiful thing with intuitive eating is you can't really mess up. You can't really go off track. You can't really ruin your diet because it's not a diet. I hope that this helps relieve some of those hangry thoughts today a little bit different than what I've been doing in these past couple episodes. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I will see you in that next episode. Bye.